Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company, and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the Canton Media podcast that we're doing as part of the Future Proof theme. Um, and I'm here with Margot Swadley, who's the SVP of uh, CRM Data and Insights at BBC Studios. And we're going to be together unpacking some of the content that's in our recent report, which is Media Trends and Predictions for 2024, uh, which you can find, there's a link in the introduction to the podcast and also you can go online to cantar.com uh, mtp24 to download it so i highly recommend you have a look at the report we're going to be pulling out a couple of themes for that and really just talking about what's going to be happening in the uh, production sector in 2024 and uh, listening to what bbc studios are up to so Welcome, Margot. Really nice to see you. Thank you, Louise. It's good to have you here. Um, can you just kick us off by telling us a bit about your role and about BBC Studios and what you guys are doing? Yes. So BBC Studios is the commercial arm of the BBC Group, which means we um, are um, we're totally separate from the licence fee funded part of the business, the, the public service element, which is the part that most people will be more familiar with, particularly in the UK, um, the public service element is the is the channels that you know, the um, BBC.co.uk, the website, iPlayer, all of that is the public service side. We are a part of the group, but totally separate from a funding perspective. We are um, we're commercially funded one hundred percent, and we make TV programs. We are a production company, and we also sell them around the world we distribute them um to different different countries and and we also maximize as much as we can the content 
uh, outside of TV programs. So we also sell merchandise or run live events like BBC Earth Experience, Strictly Live Show, that type of extra above and beyond for, for people who really love content. Um, and actually, UK TV is also a part of BBC Studios, the, oh, okay. BBC, the BBC group. So how much is it very UK focused in terms of what you do or is it more globally focused or how, how does that balance sort of play out? Um, it's a good question. So obviously UK TV is much more UK focused. The production team is, um, I, I would say, we, we sell our con- content to anyone mm-hmm. around the world. So it has a much more international feel about it um we do of course put loads of content in into the uk um planet earth 3 as i mentioned strictly antiques roadshow eastenders uh, you know a whole list of what you would find in the bbc is our largest customer yeah but we also sell content in many places around the world um prehistoric planet was a big commission with apple tv or sometimes we sell the formats so we'll take a program like ghosts which um, actually wasn't a studio's production originally, but we sell the format. So we do a U.S. version of it, mm. for example. And in fact, the U.S. version of it is very successful. Um, one of the top, I think it was their top comedy last year, one of their top programs. So um, we'll do that. Actually, interestingly, I think for me always is we, we sell formats of things also like Miranda, which I think of Miranda, such a U.K. Mm. And so based on her, but there are different versions of those. Ruby, I think it, she's called in Germany. Oh, wow. We sell a U.S. and we do a U.S. format. So um, so so we, we have quite a, a an international element to us. And not least, we also um, own and run the BBC websites around the world. So BBC.com yeah. is part of BBC Studios. So we are very much a global um, content maker and distributor. And I suppose as sort of head of CRM data and insights, there's a huge amount of data across all of that that you're just managing and plugging into the business and helping to drive it. Yeah. Yes. So actually, we've really on the data side been, been building a much more robust and fit for the future data capability. Um, to prim- initially primarily to, to support our direct-to-consumer businesses, so the websites around the world, um, UK TV Play as well, um, that there are kind of main ones. But but absolutely yes, that's that is that's the data part of my job is making sure that we have as much data as we can in the right place um, and and that we're able to work with it and maximize what we what we've got out of it. And we do BBC.com. Has, has advertising and as we know you know digital advertising is all data driven so that's that's a huge chunk of what mm. the, the data side does the insights part of my job um we focus there are there are other uh, we focus really primarily on production mm-hmm. um and on the brands and licensing so the ancillaries of what we we make from our content so on the production side we work throughout the content life cycle from um feeding in inspirational insights to the development part of the cycle. So if we know we are trying to, um, that, that a particular customer is aiming for a particular audience, we might help the production team, development team to understand that audience better, to give them some inspiration um, through the whole cycle, through concept testing at various different stages, script or treatment through to, to you know, final. Um, and then the performance um, performance reporting and learnings that we get at the end of it so really throughout the the creative cycle we work on that that sounds amazing what a fantastic role very interesting (laughs) we like it keeps us busy yeah okay well 
thank you very much for joining us. Um, as we were discussing earlier, we're here to talk about uh, some of the key themes that come out of the Media Trends and Predictions Report, but also some trends that you're seeing as well, um, particularly affecting your business or those in your sector. Um, and one of the big ones, of course, that everybody's thinking about at the moment is the ongoing cost of living crisis, what we've seen in terms of the challenges that really affect consumers and audiences all around the world. Um, if you read the report, we do talk about the fact that that's a quite a, a nuanced impact and people are reacting in different ways, um, both in terms of the audiences and also organisations. Uh, what do you see from your point of view f for the sector and both for BBC Studios? How are you? How is the cost of living crisis playing out from that for you? The macroeconomic context is tough. I think it was tough in 2023 and I'm I expect it will continue to be tough in 2024. And that's hard. It feels like it's sort of a grinding time for, for everyone as, as individuals and, and as well as organizations. Um, I think it is it is challenging. Um, from a production side, I think that what we see, what I see affecting us from a content perspective is that quality will always reign. So mm. when things are tight, when money is tighter, commissioners are really wanting to spend wisely. And so you will, I think as an, as an audience member, you will see some fantastic content because they will be choosing very carefully to make sure they get the best content. And, and great content will always, will always rise. Like our natural history content is really unrivaled. Planet Earth 3 was another phenomenal program mm. um but a quality can also I, I kind of think of it as you can also have light quality you know strictly is another bbc studios piece of content which is uh, continues just amazingly to mm. be well loved and and i think also in the times of cost of living crisis people need audiences need that sort of light kind of yeah. relief and I, and I think yeah. those those programs really really work through and um much as uh, it pains me to admit it because it's not a BBC Studios production The Traitors very 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 successful oh, yes um, one of my favourites yep. so it, it you know that but that has that is very it is an incredibly high quality programme but you know but definitely sort of lifts people out of their world and puts them into a different place so I think you definitely we will and, and so that is and always will be a focus um, mm. for content on high quality and that will continue to to come through I also think actually the other end of it some of the sort of you know cheap and cheerful content also mm. I think we'll see rise something that can you know uh, lots of our YouTube content and YouTube only content things that can be produced for less money sort of yeah. more cost, cost efficient in that sense but are still good and light and they are what they are and so I think we'll I think we'll see um some of that 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 also rise and it's kind of the stuff in the middle i think that gets yeah. you and i probably have seen enough cycles of our of our lives where we, yeah. we know the economy does go through these moments and and that's the kind of thing i think that you tend to see and i and i expect that we will see that again in 2024 yeah continued pressures um so one of the other big themes of course that always comes through is the changing viewer behavior and how audiences are embracing digital connected tv and and what that means particularly for broadcasters but also i think for the production sector what does what does that kind of change in viewing behavior around the world mean for you as you're thinking about your offer i think for us it's more opportunity it's the it's mm. the i have worked on the broadcast side i have worked on the production side from the mm -hmm. production side 
we just want our great content out there to yeah. as many people as we can in as many ways that we can. And it doesn't matter how it gets there. And we're quite agnostic about that. So I think for us as a, as a production company, it's opportunity. It allows for different ways to come at it. So we certainly do many um, long form pieces of content, which will go to broadcasters, as we've said. And, um, you know, let's let's also not lose sight of the fact that there is still a a steady flow of very good content, things like, you know, Antiques, Antiques Roadshow and Countryfile. Um, actually, EastEnders is having a very good, strong moment. Um, and there are big moments where you, you bring people together and they really still want to watch that. You know, the top programs of last year included the Coronation, mm-hmm. Eurovision, you know, big life moments. But what's nice as a content maker is that we can also really lean in to the various different formats. So my part of the business in particular works very heavily in in YouTube and TikTok and how do we make content that is just for those just for those formats. So yeah. for example there is a there's a there's a there's a piece of YouTube first content that we have called Albert Squared which is a which comes off of EastEnders. It's a game show um, with some of the characters from EastEnders um, and that was made specifically for you for 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 youtube in that format so i think for creatives for production company it opens up opportunity yeah fantastic that's really interesting to hear and so talk to me a little bit about the kind of round the world opportunity for you how how global do you think content can be well i think we it, it absolutely is global and we've talked a little bit about this the different formats and and what's an interesting way is we always sort of look at what things travel well as they are. Yeah. So wholesale and what things travel well adapted. Yeah. So okay. things like ghosts, which is a brilliant piece of content in the UK, but is but sells as a format. We do different formats and it travels brilliantly as a format. And then mm. there are other things that just go exactly as they are. Planet Earth 3 can go everywhere you want to go in yeah. exactly the format that it goes in and, and it does. Um, or in the kids and family world, if you have children who are in the preschool window, you'll be aware of Bluey, which is an Australian kids program, but is wildly popular really everywhere. It's 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 bigger in the US than it is in the UK, and it's pretty big in the UK. Studios has the privilege of distributing it and um and 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 has rights to sell toys and do live events and um and it is an amazing piece of content and that really does travel just as it is you yeah. know to where, to where it can go so you you do see that um that that being said I, I would also put that alongside the acknowledgement that markets are very different as well so they there are different underlying structures mm. to markets which mean that they will move in different ways. Actually, I think that impacts less the content and more some of those elements like we talked about in terms of hybrid. So if you are in the US, it is very different. It's a market that has been um, heavily reliant on cable and digital for really as long as, I'm too old to say, but, you know, from when I was 10 in my little town and the you know, in the south of the US, we had cable. It was always there. It is a it's a different market. And so that but then that got more and more expensive and it's you know, it 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 drove people away from that and mm. wanted, so you have the whole cord cutting and fast channels became have become huge in the US um because it's it's ripe to have a free to air. I think the UK structurally is different from that. Yeah. It we have 
of course, a very big public service broadcaster, but also a huge free-to-air market in Freeview. So we yeah. still have 40% of the UK population who access their television through Freeview or, or Freesat, not yeah, through yeah, any yeah. long-term contract. So structurally, I, I don't know that the, con- the content does have to vary, but it's actually more about the delivery mm. of how you get there is very different market yeah. by market. And I suppose increasingly you have to think about that for some of your content you're having to effectively distribute it yourselves as well as self well because the other part of the bbc studios world is is distribution and Mm -hmm. we do have a channels business channels and streaming business um particularly in in not in other markets around the world and so we are thinking there are markets in which fast is a major channel Mm -hmm. and we are moving into that you can find top gear fast channels for example yeah um and and there are markets in which that's absolutely right obviously in the u.s but also markets in um in in Europe um, and other markets where that's less so where they're still very very linear and we have some very successful linear television channels so So you have to be nimble and I think you have to understand the market yeah okay so yet again the importance of that insight and the local data and that local and and hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today global flavor of things um okay so let's talk a little bit i know you do your own thinking about trends um some of the key trends that you've seen anyone that you particularly want to pull out and um give us a flavor of well Um, we talked it's related i think to the cost of living often mm. again we have have seen other economic cycles and downturns and and i think what we're seeing now is is something similar to what we see in the past which is alongside that as money gets tight you can often see a nostalgia Mm. a a sort of hankering for the past sort of element i think it's a part of a a need for comfort that comes in and i think we are seeing that and from a content perspective that translates into reboots yeah so it has been a wave we have seen a wave of reboots we're in the midst of gladiator um going on, on on bbc one on a saturday night um and we have you know Big Brother had a reboot. There, there are many reboots, um, and I think they, they sort of, it's because they they hit both of the trend of they are a safer bet, yeah. to commission because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a format that has worked in the past and and it's less of a risk to take that again. But also they they hit the consumer desire for comfort, and I think they that that they work. I mean, I think the jury is out on whether or not that's a long-term trend as opposed to a micro trend yes. of the moment yeah, that we yeah. happen to be in this year. Um, sometimes they work, like The Weakest Link works for us, the studio's production, that 
that has been a really good successful reboot sometimes they're not quite so successful yeah yeah okay um and do you think that's because people haven't quite hit the um spot in terms of what audiences are interested in now or i think it's very hard to find a, a way of of both making it feel comfortably familiar but also fresh and new mm. you, because as much as we sort of there is a trend towards the nostalgic we also there's always a counter trend to that and the counter trend in each of us is that we do want to feel like we're moving and changing and going with the times and and the sort of constant quest for something new yeah um is there so trying to get the balance right I think yeah. it's very hard yeah mm. um one of the uh, topics that we talk about in the report actually is the writer's strike and of course that's evolved quite a lot do you want to talk about what the writer's strike meant in terms of the content mix that you were focusing on and how that's now going to change yeah i mean because we have less of a u.s production hub it did not affect our output as much we do have some u.s production but we're much more of a uk production hub um but watch with great interest what's happening there and and in terms of commissioning and there were some some interesting things like actually going back to ghosts the uk version of ghosts went in as it was onto cbs and did very well Mm. because they couldn't have the u.s version of ghosts there were new no at that point no new episodes so it's interesting. I think also we, it's a part of, um, I think we'll see a bit more unscripted come through, um, and particularly in the US, which is a which is a big market for us. Um, again, that's sort of linked, I think, to the tight financial situation. Yes. When things are yeah. tight, scripted is amazing, but very costly. Yeah. Unscripted is more cost efficient in that, in that sense. And so I think, again, it's, I do feel like often when two trends come together is when you actually see action happening and that kind of cost efficient and as it happens the the impact of the rider strike I think means we'll see a bit more unscripted for a while so that's good that again ruthlessly from a studio's perspective we have a really strong unscripted offer so that is that's great news um for us in that sense um but I think for me personally and, and maybe you'll share this as people who work in the data and insights industry I watched these strikes with fascination because one of the biggest issues for them was transparency of mm. data so for both the writers and the actors they were one of their top three or four points they were arguing for was greater transparency of of SVOD yeah performance um it is particularly in the US still very closed. Um, Nielsen does report um, eight SVOD providers, but it isn't in the currency in the same mm. way that it is in the UK. In this, I have to say, and I do think even the, the US will admit this, the UK is now actually ahead and it is seen, it, it's, it, it's because the SVOD is incorporated here. Well, Netflix and Disney and Amazon in particular are incorporated here. It makes a massive difference in what you can see, but that's not the case in the US. Mm. So, And it's important for the writers and the actors because they, in the linear world, traditionally have been paid extra residuals, they call them, based on the performance of a show. So they effectively get a performance bonus. Yeah, But that, wasn't happening with the SVOD providers because they didn't know how their programs were doing. Yeah. Um, and they, to varying degrees, will sort of eke out a little bit, but but some of them are very, very closed. And so, intra- and I'm desperate to see that data. Yeah. I'm desperate for greater transparency. So it was 
brilliant to see that come through in the rider strike. I mean, unfortunately, we did not get full transparency. They, they in both cases, effectively, the SVOD providers had to agree that they would, under very strict conditions, pass data to a small select group of people on the side of the unions who would then help to administer the residuals yeah. based on that. But I do feel like it was a crack. It yeah. was the opening of that. Yeah. And you see it a bit. I mean, that combined with moving towards ad funded mm. on those providers, I think, I mean, I really sincerely hope we will see a, a movement towards greater transparency of data. Yeah. And I think we'll see that more generally. There's trends. Um, so the European Union are talking about various initiatives to try and get more more transparency of data around what's happening on digital platforms, for example. So I think this move towards more openness um, is something that we see more broadly. And obviously, we're very excited to be part of that at Canton. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, should feel proud about it. It is, I know, because we because we do work in different markets, um, the level of, of, of insight and data we are able to get in the UK is much greater. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That rich data set that you got your hands we, on. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Um, so uh, can we move on and talk a little bit about the impact of tech? Uh, everybody's talking about AI. Um, what do you think? I think it was the surprise hit topic of 2023 when we sat if you'd asked me if we sat here this time last year the buzzwords at the beginning felt like they were metaverse and that was the sort of yeah. thing we were talking about with within our teams and suddenly because of chat gpt gen ai came out of nowhere and it was absolutely the topic of the year um i do think it has it will have a lasting impact on our lives on our business but i suspect 2024 will begin to be the crunch year of actually doing something. So 2023 was a lot of talking about it. I think 2024 will be a lot of working it through. Will it work? Where does it affect us? Um, From a content maker's perspective, there are things that we need to work through in terms of rights and ownership. Mm. There are also things in terms of um, the relationship we have with audiences and the trust. Like if we, if we, we, if we use Gen AI or our content is used in any of that way, we don't want that to break the bond of trust that we have with yes. our audience. So how do you do that? I think there's a lot of crunching through it. But undeniably, it, it is a massively transformative um, step in yep. the technology journey. And I think, again, wearing my data hat, it's it's there are huge opportunities of yep. what you can do. And, and I think for me, it passes the test of ultimately – it will make our lives better, easier, cheaper, and therefore will stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to really work through some of the, how do do we get it working right? We definitely, for example, from an audience perspective, we have to make sure we're not repeating wholly terrible biases that Mm. exist in the world. And we need to make sure that we're tackling that, Uh, you know, so there, there are those issues you have to work through. But I think we will work them through yeah. because the, ultimately the benefit is is considerable. Yeah, and the world's getting so complex. You almost need the support of something like AI to yes. actually help us simplify and, and make life better for everybody, really. So coming back to kind of big trends, is there anything, if you look at the long term, do you want to talk a little bit about your long-term thinking? Well, we... we it's a good... It's a good... Because I think there are both sort of trends that happen at the moment that are a consequence of 
specific things happening. So, for example, the reboot, I think, or I think we'll see more of an, that increase of unscripted because the circumstances of the now make the conditions right for those two genres to to rise or push through. Um, but I think also what we're looking at is just long, if you look long term, how content moves in waves. So mm. we, again, in the UK, we have the benefit of, of lots and lots of historic data and we have some top line data going back to the 1950s. Um, and you can just see how over time there are big waves of different popularity. So variety shows were huge at points. There were points at which it's um, a comedy. Comedy was, you know, there were points at which it was entertainment. Um, we've been in a massive wave of drama, premium drama in particular. Um, there are always things that take a lot. I mean, sport is always there. News is always there. Mm. Um, and there will always be some element of drama particularly, in, I think, in the US, it's a, it's, a, it's a mass drama market. But I just wonder whether it just feels like we're on the cusp of what the next wave is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the next big thing? And it, it, that may be pushed a bit because cause cost is, t- you know, times are tight. And yeah. so um, premium drama is amazing but expensive. And that may push us into that. But, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm trying to you know, we'd love to do some crystal ball gazing and see yes, what's the next big wave. Yes. But I think you can see over time these sort of big moves. And I just wonder whether or not we're on the cusp of a what next the next one. big thing will be. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll come back yes. in a year's time and find out if we've if we've made any progress towards that. Well, that's absolutely brilliant, Margot. Um, I suppose if I start to sort of wrap up, is there any one message that you give us that you think is going to be the focus for 2024 um, for you? Yes, yeah, so I feel like 2024 will be a still will be a challenging year to get through. Yeah. And in those times, you just have to go back to the core of what's good about what you do. And so for us as a production company, it definitely will be, you know, absolute quality um, of what we what we have and, and what we do. But alongside that, a nimbleness to be yeah. able to try to experiment in um, new areas or... Um, more cost efficient ways of doing things I think we have to do those to sort of get get through this and I, and I think in again I think history would show that tough times are often fantastic breeding grounds yeah for great innovation and so that's my hope for this year I think that's a wonderful closing thought and inspiring for all of us so thank you so much Margot um, and for those listening a reminder finally to check out the Media Trends and Predictions Report, which you can find in the link um, in the introduction to this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review and subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. 